0: Hi, I'm Bonnie. Welcome to the sixth season of this podcast, Make Joy Normal. With my co-hosts Elizabeth and Christina and our guests, we hope to support you while you seek joy in your daily walk. Please review, like, or share this podcast if it's helped you to make joy normal in your To all my listeners, and good afternoon to my guest. I have here with me one of my listeners, Abby Roth. And Abby had put out a question to me uh, about, based on the co sleeping um, episode that came out, because I, I had mentioned in passing uh, some ideas about menopause or some experiences that I, I've had about menopause. And so we had a little conversation about that, which I thought was a really great topic to address. I sort of always assume my listeners are our young families, but there's actually more families on on the older end as well that have older kids, teenagers and whatnot. So welcome, Abby.
1: I'm so glad you're here. This is such an honor to be with you.
0: Yeah. I'm super excited. Uh, I was telling Abby before, just before I started recording that how nice it is for me to, to interview listeners. It's just really makes me feel connected to the people in my life and the people that are hearing. And I often think about the people that I've interviewed. I often think about them when I'm doing other episodes because Mm -hmm. I think, Oh, this would really pertain to so-and-so because it, it relates to their life. I'm terrible at names, like so, so bad at remembering names. But if you tell me anything about your life, uh, I will remember you. <laughs> just the way my brain works. Um, so let's start with a little prayer. And then I was hoping you could tell us a little bit about you. Absolutely. Okay. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, I'm just so grateful for, for bringing Abby and I together for this conversation. And I'm so grateful that uh, you could... Lead us in the most natural way possible, and and help us to build community in the most natural way possible around this topic, about how we're to approach these things in our life, these big changes in our life that that getting older, and menopause brings. Uh, we're just so grateful that that we can connect and share uh, the ideas that are contrary to the world, but but not contrary to you. So just please bless our conversation, and and whoever needs to hear this conversation. Uh, we just ask the intercession of our Blessed Mother, uh, Mother of Good Counsel, pray for us, and our Patron Saint of Joy, Saint Philip Neri, pray mm-hmm. for us, and the Patron Saint of Chastity, Saint Thomas Aquinas, pray mm-hmm. for us. So welcome. I, I just thought one. Now that I started praying, and as part of my recording, I've always prayed before my episodes, but now that I do as part of my recording. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, sh- I thought maybe I should explain why I have those particular. Our, our Mother Good Counsel—that's our our homeschooling group's um, patron—and I just mm-hmm. thought that would be important to have her. But Philip Neri, patron of joy, seems fairly obvious. You know, I, I uh, I'm always on about joy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, saint Thomas Aquinas, as the patron saint of chastity, he's a patron saint of education, uh, and but more importantly, he's a patron saint of chastity, and I chose him as a patron years ago, or he chose me really. That's a long story. But anyway, uh, but I felt that because restraint is such an important part of motherhood, so both in in our sexuality, but also chastity in the way we speak to other people and the way that we interact with our children in particular, that restraint is so important, that chastity and restraint are so uh, so linked to each other, that that's why I chose him, if, if anyone
1: <laughs> is interested in I that. I actually so, had been thinking, I listened to an episode of, a podcast episode of yours recently, and I thought, that's so unusual, you know, the, uh, that you invoke him as also the patron saint of chastity, so thank you for yeah, the explanation. <laughs>
0: Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself, the age of your kids, and kind of where you're at in, in the big, wide world?
1: Yeah. Um, so I have five children. I have a daughter who's 24. Um, I have twin sons. Um, one, yeah, I have twin sons. Um, one is 23 and one passed away 10 years ago of cancer. Um, oh, and then I have a 19-year gap of no children. Oh, wow. And then I have a three year old daughter and an eighteen month old daughter,
0: Wow. So, okay. I did not know this part of the story.
1: Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in that gap, um for thirteen years, um when my sons went to kindergarten, I started a bakery, had it their whole elementary school years. And then when my um my one living son graduated from high school, um, I sold it a few months later and got married to my husband. And that's where we are now. So
0: Wow, that is incredible. Were you always Catholic?
1: Yeah, yeah. Although okay, okay. Um, I was a poorly catechized Catholic. Right. Um, yeah, my yeah. mom is Catholic and my dad is very antagonistic toward faith, but Christian faith right. in uh, particular. We went to mass on Sundays, but I, when I went to Catholic college for one year, I was shocked <laughs> at all of the Catholic teachings I had yeah. no idea about. So yeah, I was very poorly catechized. Hopefully, I'm much okay. better catechized now. But it's not a not a completed project. Obviously, it's always ongoing. Uh,
0: uh, well, first of all, let me say I'm so sorry for your loss, and I'm so sorry for his Thank brother, because my dad's a twin, and his brother yeah. predeceased him by by um, five years, mm-hmm. and was like tearing my dad's oh, wow. arm off it was a it was a such a hard thing uh, even though it was so opposite man yeah. they they just the the connection there was just profound so yeah for sure mm-hmm. yeah. um and so you have your younger kids are sorry you said three and- 18
1: months yeah
0: and 18 months. oh that's amazing yeah so you, and you live in Ontario, right? No,
1: I live in Pennsylvania.
0: You are in Pennsylvania, right. Yeah. Okay. I had another person I'm doing an interview with in Ontario <laughs> soon. Pennsylvania, is it, you, you guys get snowy winters, right?
1: Um, we've yeah. had a little bit of snow this winter. Last winter, we had about six hours total from the time it started falling to the time it okay. melted, but <laughs> yeah, we, we get a little bit of snow here. Okay. okay. Yeah, and we we did have some recently yeah. and it was lovely.
0: We were just in Pennsylvania. Uh my daughter was visiting a convent uh there. Really? In yeah, the um it's a Carmelite convent. Yeah,
1: that's probably an hour and a half away from me.
0: Oh, yeah. really? Oh, we could have person. <laughs> Yeah, we were just there in October uh, and it was beautiful. I've never actually seen the Eastern color. So that was really beautiful Mm -hmm. for me. Uh, So we just did a lot of driving around while she was at the convent and uh, kind of headed north where the color was really vibrant. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that was a beautiful, beautiful state. So, okay, I'm going to just read off kind of some of the comments that you had made to me after the co-sleeping episode. Um, You said, I thought your commentary on later pregnancy and easy menopause to be interesting and hopeful, as I was 40 and 42 when my last two were born. You also commented about the end of fertility, and I wondered if you might share a little of your experience or thoughts about that in a future episode, which is, you know, when I reached out and said, well, why don't you do that episode with me? Um, uh, I'm 44 and my husband's 48, and I believe we might have reached the end of ours. And it's bittersweet for me, as I have loved having babies and aren't ready for the stage to be over, which, which I think... In a sense, is the is the bigger issue <clears throat> than menopausal symptoms, right? right? Mm-hmm.
1: And, uh,
0: have you? Do you mind me asking if you have you had menopausal symptoms? Like, is that sort of premenopause is not happening? No, no. So you might you know, women who who end up having babies because the, the oldest woman that I know, and this you know in my life, had her last at forty eight. I would say between forty two and forty five has mm-hmm. been sort of more average. Uh, But that said, I know women who've been 46, 47, 48, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, in my world, which is such a beautiful
1: thing. Well, And it is beautiful. And I keep hearing stories about, you know, I met a woman on the playground. She said she was 48. And I hear these stories of older women having babies. Shortly after my son died, I felt the Lord say to me, five beloved children. And so I have my five. Now, my husband says, well, God didn't say that to me. Let's test out that theory. <laughs> um, and I know um, I love Our Lady of Pull Mound where she said, my son allows himself to be moved. And so I really believe the Lord said that to me. I also think maybe I can convince Jesus, <laughs> um, but I I feel like— every cycle that I've had since my fertility returned after having my, um, 18 month old because fertility was so easy for me before. And I am not pregnant now. It was so crushing to me also because, you know, the window feels like it's getting, you know, the doors, you know, really getting ready to close, uh, potentially that's, that's kind of where I am now. I, I, well, we've prayed about it and I'm more willing to leave it in the Lord's hands now than I was after, you know, praying about it more and processing. Um, but it has been really, it's been hard just thinking about how much I love babies and yeah. I don't think we have grandchildren in our near future. And yeah. so, you know, that will have yeah. another gap. So that's,
0: yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. So I'll just share with you a little bit about the process that I kind of went through when when this uh, happened. So I had um, I knew my fertility was waning uh, because I had had two miscarriages before I had Lydia. And I went to an OBGYN and I said so at this point I was maybe 42, 41. Yeah, it was probably 41. And I said, I i I'm OK. With God choosing this moment to close the womb. And of course, the guy on call is just thinking, (laughs) woohoo. But but I said, I'm okay with that. And I've already got six kids, but I don't think it's healthy or normal to continue to have miscarriages. And I realize there is a statistically miscarriages happen, but uh, two miscarriages in a row. I think that that's not normal and healthy. And so I would like to take a look at what's going on. And so she gave me this sort of list of tests that she wanted me to get done to test all my hormones and whatever. And she'd get different points in my cycle. And I said, okay, well, I'm currently at the point in my cycle where I wouldn't know if I was pregnant or not. Mm -hmm. And she said, okay, well, wait a couple of weeks, do a pregnancy test. If you're not pregnant, then go ahead and do these cycles, these, uh, these tests. And so... Uh, I was pregnant, so that was very exciting. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, and I, uh, so I was pregnant with Lydia. I had Lydia, and I was very, very sick after Lydia was born. I don't know if you've heard my episodes where I yeah. talk about I got yeah. really ill. So I would say my my fertility was. I had a long period of infertility after babies anyway, but I was so thin uh, and my health was so compromised that I don't think even if I had early return of fertility, I don't think it would have returned at that point in time because Mm -hmm. I was so compromised health-wise for about a year and a half. And so maybe when she was two or two and a half, my cycles returned. But at that point, so now I'm say 45, right? Mm -hmm. At that point, I was not, my cycles were already, um, obviously, um, uh, in a in a different phase, right, a menopausal mm-hmm. phase, because of premenopausal phase, because they were very short, they were very scant cycles, they were very, like, irregular, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes two or three months apart, you know, so it was, it was, there was an obvious change
1: mm-hmm. when
0: I, you know, at, at the return of my health. And at that point, that's when it started for me, because I didn't even know if I could have another child, but then I did make full recovery and and we were certainly open to having another child at that Mm -hmm. point. But it was pretty obvious that that may not happen, right? Mm -hmm. And so I, in that sense, that's when the bittersweet kind of sadness started for me thinking, okay, we're at a whole different phase of life and a baby may happen and I want to make sure that I feel open to that. And I, and I did. Mm-hmm. And if it may not happen. And I have to be willing to be open to God's plan. Because that really is what it means. To be open to God's will means we have to be open to both fertility and closing up wounds. Yes. And yes. maybe that fertility is going to need some support and all of that, right? So so I talked with my husband about it. And interestingly, now he was in a different place. We already had six kids. We were, you know, in in a different place Mm -hmm. and he loved babies. He loves babies. And he was, he loved having babies and all of that. And it was always very open. There was never any hesitation on his part. Right. But he also was really excited for the next phase. Like, hmm. you think about the things we can do when we have our last child's out of diapers and, you know, and, um, you know, the road trips we could do and all the fun stuff. So he's already thinking. So the adjustment for him, he would have been completely fine if I had gotten pregnant. But the adjustment for him did not have the same emotional tie as it had for me. And he actually said to me, why don't you get rid of all your baby clothes? Then you'll probably get pregnant. <laughs>
1: So <laughs> no proud, we still have everything, <laughs> and which I
0: actually did after a year or so of being in this place of of sort of bittersweet. Are we there? Are we not? Um, and not wanting to land in the in the in the s- sort of headspace of okay, I'm ready for the next phase, and then having any resentment or sadness that you actually find out you're pregnant, right? And you know, also yeah. not wanting to let go of the idea of being pregnant. Uh, and then not being disappointed because a baby didn't happen, right? So, so it was a mm-hmm. very um, uncomfortable place to be, right? So, you know, if you're mm-hmm. experiencing that right now, I I totally get that place of of discomfort that being open to God's will, and yet we never, you know, God's will never comes with a manual, <laughs> and it's just <laughs> That's it's so frustrating That's to not have. Uh, To not know. And yet I think that really God allows these gradual things to happen in our life Mm -hmm. so that we can just lean in and trust him even more. Right. I just have to shed all of that. I have to shed, um, you know, and and I mean, that doesn't change how we feel. You know, we're going to feel uncomfortable or we're going to feel sad or we're going to feel excited or however we feel, but that we just need to know that God is so much bigger than all of this. Mm -hmm. And mm-hmm. and so that for me was was a phase of life where I felt like I really leaned into my own prayer life and my own trusting of God even more than I had previously done. Uh and so it was it was good, you know, like my dad you know, you I think you must have known about my dad committed suicide and, yeah. and, and I mean something that I in my wildest dreams never imagined I'd be faced with. Uh and that uh the growth in faith that has come with that, um, as I'm sure you went through with the loss of your son and all of that, that, that you you don't realize how much grace will be there.
1: Uh, until, until you get there. Yeah,
0: and yes. you get there. And yes. then suddenly, like, yes. how is this even possible? How am I not just a, an absolute puddle on the floor every moment of the day, right? I. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that that even God's grace is just that you can even find peace right and and it's just it's such a remarkable thing so so I mean I think I would encourage anyone in this situation to be really really sensitive to leaning in uh that God is just calling us to trust sort of uh sort of more than he uh he normally would so I mean I think that we if we were looking at that question kind of in a little bit different perspective like I'm not Ready, you know, I'm not ready to close the womb, right? I'm not ready. Mm-hmm. For that. Um, but we're never really ready uh, for. We're not really ready. I mean, sort of happy occasions. We're not ready to get married or have a baby. We're not. We can't be ready. It's not possible. That's true. that's true. right. And
1: but yeah, this is just on the reverse of it. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. But even difficult things like the death of a parent. Even when a parent dies naturally, we're never ready uh, mm-hmm. to lose a parent, right? We're never mm-hmm. ready to uh for our husband to lose a job or to you know to the things that the challenges in our life that that always come and we just don't get out of this life without without challenges and suffering that we're we're just never ready for those things and we just have to be so open to God's grace as um that that when we need it he will provide it and and uh, and that's that's hard right now <laughs>
1: One of the things that I keep returning to is remembering St. Therese at the end of her life said, if she received the sacraments, that would be a grace. If she didn't, that would also be a grace. Everything is a grace. That's a quote of hers. Yeah. And so sometimes graces are obvious, like when you have a baby and you wanted a baby and you thought you were too old. And sometimes they're not as obvious as when God says no, because he has to say no to something in order to say yes to something else. And so that's kind of what I'm thinking of now is that the only reason why if God is saying no to this is because there's something else that, you know, this, this is a grace. I might not perceive it that way right now, but. Um, That's a great, yeah. way to
0: look at it. it's a great way to look at it. It really is because uh, what we know is suffering always is a grace. Right. And, yes. and I remember after my dad just just sort of on the topic of loss because in a sense what what you're facing is the possibility of loss you know it's going to come at some point the end of fertility mm-hmm. but we do experience that as loss and I think we should kind of in a sense respect that more right as, mm-hmm. as human beings that that this is a sense of loss when your children get married there's a sense of loss mm-hmm. that comes with that mm-hmm. and and it's something that we don't talk about that much, but the, the end when our children grow up and move out of the house, right? And get on with their lives. that's a beautiful thing. That's what we were aiming for, but it also comes with a sense of loss. So, yeah. so it's important to acknowledge those things, you know? And when I remember, like very, very soon after my dad died, that thinking, I know this is a grace I know that God will bring good out of this. I know mm-hmm. that I can see it that way. I know the grace will come for me. I don't feel like that right now, um, mm-hmm. and maybe I never will. And that also right. is a grace. If I suffer for the rest of my life in, in um, you know the morning of that uh, that loss, that that also will be a grace. However, yeah,
1: did you feel? I think part of my. Um, my my struggle or my the things I'm going through right now is I'm perceiving my body differently. Um, before, it was this easy, very fruitful, full of life. Yeah. Um, and I nursed all my children very easily and for an extended amount of time. And so it just felt like this was a huge part of my identity as an adult, also because I became a parent at 19. So it's really shaped who I am. Yeah. And to have every month be nothing going on has really, I, you know, I still feel healthy. I still, you know, I feel ready. Yeah. But my body is letting me know that
0: things are changing.
1: Yeah. Things are changing. Yeah,
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think, yeah, absolutely. I had that because, especially because um, periods were sporadic uh, Mm -hmm. that I, I would think, because I'd miss them regularly, I would think, oh, I can't tell you how many tests I took over yeah, the yeah. couple of years, right? <laughs> because I would think, oh, I must be pregnant. And of course, because you're menopausal um, and things are sporadic and you're you know ovulating at weird times and you're... you're uh, uh, mm-hmm. cycles come at weird times whatever, I would get sore breasts and I would get, you know, those medical yeah. symptoms that are also pregnancy symptoms. And right. so it was, that was really hard to kind of be, um, have that hope kind of die <laughs> every yes. time. Yes. Yet, yeah. It was one of those things that I thought, I'm kind of grateful that he's not just Closing the door. Oh, yeah. It would be nice if he said, okay, by the time, you know, your ex age, uh, you know, you're going to have another baby. And then by the time your ex age, everything will wrap up. And all the big brother yeah. never does that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was sort of an, it allowed me to adjust slowly, right? Yeah. I think this is, becomes very, very hard for young women who are, who are experiencing fertility problems. Mm-hmm. Because when young women are you know, looking to that, you know, I want to have a family and then they get their cycle and repeatedly and, and they're not pregnant. And then every time mm-hmm. that comes, instead of being this sort of a little celebration of like your health, you know, that the fact that you're mm-hmm. menstruating and that's a positive yeah. sign of health and all of that, that it's this, uh, you know, kind of in a sense represents death uh, every mm-hmm. time if you're trying to conceive, right? So, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think a, a very, very hard thing. And, and it might be something that, that in a sense, we, as women, I don't know if this is something that I did because uh, I don't remember. It was a while ago now, but if we can kind of offer that little death uh, or little loss up for, you know, some, for something really specific, like a young woman who doesn't have children yet, who's experiencing uh, fertility problems or whatever, it might be nice if we could channel that particular kind of suffering for people in a very specific situation, right? Mm-hmm. You know?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know if it was from you, but I, before with my last two pregnancies, when I had all the aches and pains and nausea and everything, I was offering it up for women, in, um, women who I knew specifically wanted to have children and weren't able to conceive. And so I felt like that was something powerful that I could do with my sufferings, but I hadn't thought about it in, in this time. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: It's interesting because our suffering, we all know, you know, in a, in a, in a um, theoretical way, yeah. Yeah, we all know suffering has value. And, you know, in that time, you're, you had very specific suffering, kind of in a sense, happy suffering, yeah. because you're carrying a child, and that's what the suffering's about. Um, but we always know that our suffering has value, but it's so fulfilling to, to offer it for something specific, so that, Uh, so that we really have a sense of how we're uniting our suffering with Christ and how he might be using it, whether he is or not, you know, remains to be seen. But it's such a, it's such a beautiful thing to be able to do that. And, and physical suffering, I have found in the, in my life, physical suffering is actually much easier to offer than emotional suffering. Mm -hmm. I don't know, is that something found? I don't know if that's true across the board, but for me, it has always been.
1: Because, um, I felt like, and losing my son, you know, he had, it was a 16 month time where he's from the time he we found out he had developed cancer to the time that he passed. I felt like I really understood how to offer up like that emotional suffering, the spiritual suffering. And then when I became pregnant with my um, fourth child, and all the nausea and everything, and we were joyful, but this was also when COVID was hitting too. So there was no distraction from any of the nausea or anything. I felt so sheepish that I kept complaining to my husband about my nausea and, you know, all the other symptoms I was experiencing. Also, I felt humbled because I felt like I kind of understood spiritual suffering and grief, but here... <laughs> This the the symptoms I was having because of my pregnancy were minor in comparison. But I uh, I wasn't handling it all that well. <laughs> so maybe in a sense
0: it's what we have more experience yes, with. Yes.
1: I really think that right? so. yeah. we have more
0: experience with physical suffering. So that's a really, really good point. Sort of what we so if God allows us to experience emotional suffering, he's going to also it's kind of a training ground mm-hmm. then. If we're, if we're willing to offer it up, uh, if it's kind of a training ground to do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Suffering's a great topic. It's a great topic. Oh, it's so rich. (laughs) And I often think of all the things that we suffer here on earth that we see as just awful and nothing redeeming about it. And in heaven, God's like, give that to me. That's my treasure. I can do so much with that. Just give it to me. So, um, yeah, yeah, that I have thought a lot about suffering. (laughs) Over the years because um, of my son.
0: I wanted to ask you something about. Um, oh yeah. that They were, were not. I mean, I think that everything in life, I don't know if I, I, I just posted on Instagram. I posted a, um. a, a women's retreat video. So on the weekend I had a local Catholic homeschooling moms, women's retreat. And, um, mm-hmm. And it, the topic was called "Keeping Your Head Above Water," and it was kind of about about all the challenges in our life and how life is always sort of disintegrating, right? But one of the points that I was making is that when really that is what it is to be human is that we always kind of have to bring things back to uh, to things are always disintegrating and we have to always bring them back. So including the spiritual yes. lives and our, yes. our emotional lives, all of that, we have to bring it back mm-hmm. to a place of kind of peace or serenity. And, and really, I mean, that's what you're mm-hmm. dealing with right now is probably, you know, when the emotions happen is, is we allow them all emotions to happen, but then we bring them back to, we bring ourselves back to a place of peace. Right. And how, right. however we do that, there's mm-hmm. different ways of doing that, but, but um, I know for me, reading Father Jacques Philippe, uh, "Searching for and Maintaining Peace," that that book mm-hmm. always brings me back to a place of peace. It centers me, right? Uh, even a few lines mm-hmm. of his, I just find his books incredibly rich. We can mm-hmm. uh, bring ourselves yeah. back to this place of, okay, okay, God's in charge of this. I'm not in charge of this. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: So yeah. I'm not capable of yeah, being in charge of this. Yeah. So I know, why am I, I trying? Mean, <laughs> you
0: know, at times when we suffer the most, it's the easiest thing we can do is say, you know what, Jesus, I'm giving it all
1: to you. Just, I'm giving
0: it all to you. I can't even think about it anymore.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Some exactly. <laughs> ways in a secular sense could sound like a cop-out, but it's not a cop-out, right? It's not a cop-out at all. That's
1: exactly what Jesus wants.
0: Yeah. He's, he yes. said, well, without me, you can do sure. nothing
1: exactly Give he wants it us to him.
0: yeah 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 may I ask you something just having the big age range so I have a big age range as well my yeah. oldest is 36 and my youngest is 17 uh do you find that there's but with the big gap in the middle that there's a good relationship with the youngers and the olders
1: um with my daughter especially my son okay. loves his little sisters yeah. you know how young men are like Babies, I love seeing young men with babies. It's so sweet. Plus, with my even with my children and their cousins, there there was like a ten year age gap. So my children were used to taking care of little children. They're right. so good. They're so good at it. Um, with my 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 oldest daughter especially, she'll send me um, a text like, "Where where are pictures of my babies?" <laughs> she Aww. has to see you know she wants to see the pictures of them. She wants to talk to them on video chat. Um, so she lives away, she does yeah, she lives okay. um about two hours away, and my son's about okay. three hours away
0: yeah okay, well. yeah that's yeah amazing. and and my little
1: my girls adore they adore their older siblings they we also my husband has three children from his first marriage, and oh. the sixteen year old lives with us the sixteen year old is the youngest of his original three oh, okay. and they adore him and it's so funny because, a 16-year-old boy who he's never had experience with little children before but they were yeah. like oh no you're going to play with us <laughs> you're going <laughs> to carry us you're going to help us you know help help us to eat and Same. they love him and he is so tender to them so tender and so protective it is so darling to see
0: that's beautiful what a beautiful way to kind of take a blended family and bind them right Yeah, like just that in and yeah. in, in, you know indissoluble way right mm-hmm. it just oh, so, absolutely Wow that's amazing the um, I was also going to sort of wonder if you wanted to talk about this idea of sort of fertility at the at, at the kind of menopause actually being easier um, yeah. yeah is that a topic that kind of interests you to delve into a little bit
1: oh yeah <laughs> so I right now you know I track my cycles and I'm not showing any signs of menopause whatsoever. Right. Um, I have a sister who's two years younger, and she says, "No, I'm already in perimenopause." Um, wow. but our mother had a hysterectomy when she was forty nine or so, and she was still getting her periods at that point. So, right. seems like we have a, a. I don't know. It seems like maybe I have the longer potential, especially because yeah. my cycles are still irregular now because I'm still nursing. Um, but they're not showing, I know with perimenopause, they get short and ovulation happens really early. That's not happening, happening to me at all. Wow. Um, so, um, I, you know, I've read a few stories, a few counts of women who go through menopause and it does not sound like anything I'm looking forward to. I would look forward. <laughs> <laughs> so when you said it was pretty easy for you, I thought, well, Maybe yeah. that will be my experience as well. Well, I mean, I'm fortunate to live in
0: a in circumstances where uh, I've got lots of sort of women, you know, in my age range, you know, 10 years older, 15 years right. older. And the ones that I know who did have were open to big families and, uh, you know, there's a number of them, I would say probably. 10 or 12 women that I've spoken to over the years, who've had big families or had babies late in life, and I'll explain that in a moment, uh, that menopause was just literally a blank. And so this is anecdotal information on my part. But I had read somewhere, I wish I remembered where it was, but I had read somewhere, maybe in Sheila Kipley's work or something, that this was kind of a, a phenomenon that that existed. And I I was really interested. So I would ask people, you know, how was menopause for you? Or, you know, are you in the middle of menopause or whatever? And it was, so I found it's very interesting. One of the women I knew, she had one child early in her life. And then, but her conversion happened in her late thirties. And so she had four children between 39 and 48. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And she, and her menopause was just nothing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. right and so that's cool right because she didn't have like you know start having babies at 22 and finish having them at 45 yeah, yeah. or whatever it was it was different and i thought that was a very interesting sort of twist on this sort of anecdotal idea so yeah so the women that i've talked to this is certainly this is certainly seems to be a truism from uh, i like i've never talked to anybody who has a big family who had a hard pregnancy, so hard, uh, hard menopause. So anybody that I've ever asked that question to, uh, who's in my situation, had babies late in life, uh, hasn't had that experience. So if I pulled a hundred people, how many would there be? I don't know. It'd be interesting. I'd love for any listeners that are that are hearing this. I'm assuming this is going to draw the listeners that are you know on the older side. Uh, but I mean, I think even in our mid thirties, we start to wonder what's that going to be like, or how many more babies are we going to have, and you know, we start to wonder. I would love to hear from listeners that if, if that has been their experience, that menopause has been, uh, relatively easy, uh, if you are already experiencing that, right? Because that seems, it seems enough anecdotal information that it really makes me think, okay, there's something to this. And it makes sense, right? When we're healthy, our, we're not mm-hmm. supposed to, uh, cycle. For huge decades of our life, that's not normal, right? So when mm-hmm. we were built, you know, our mm-hmm. menses begins at 13 or 14 or 17 or 18, you know, some some range, our, 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 uh, we reach menopause somewhere maybe between, you know, 42 and 52, probably for, for women. And so it seems like God peters it up and it peters out, right, that these these things should happen really, really naturally. And what we know is healthy young women who are are entering into menses are, if they're healthy, that's a healthy experience. They're not having huge mood problems and they're not having huge, um, you know, issues with pain and premenstrual symptoms that we we think of a Noah. We're not having that. I had a very, very easy uh, mm-hmm. menstrual life prior to having children. And I attribute it to this. Okay. So I attributed, my dad was a hunter and a fisherman and all that. And we ate really, really wholesome food mm-hmm. in an era when, you know, it was the Wonder Bread era, right? Yeah. And it was also like super low fat and super low... Um, <laughs> the snack well... <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So everything, we were kind of had a distorted sense of health. And my mom, I mean, she bought into some of those things, but a lot, we had a really, really healthy diet. So what was yours like? Did you have a healthy kind of natural diet?
1: As an adult now, I do. We did not as young people. Um, yes. And I actually, I definitely noticed with my, my two youngest, with those pregnancies, I... I was certain I was going to go into them just like throwing up and not able to keep anything down and losing a lot of weight, which I did with my first two pregnancies. Right. And I, I felt much better. I never threw up at all. Amazing, eh? Yeah. And I think it was because I knew how to nourish myself versus when I was young. So there are four, I'm one of four girls and I'm the only one though. I feel like I, it's just, uh, a blessing, all my, sisters, all my sisters have some sort of endo or, you know, some sort of thing that is really makes their cycles very uncomfortable or, you know, ha- extremely heavy bleeding. And I don't. And so I, I don't know why that is. I guess I just got some good genes. <laughs> Again, I don't know, but it would make sense to me that, Um, the women who experience the easier periods would not, without the great hormonal fluctuations would then have an easier menopause, um, as well, because my understanding through a lot of the reading that I've done lately is that your nutrition really matters a lot for your hormone levels. Yeah.
0: Yeah, And I do think that will always be a range. So was it for me, was it just a blessing as well? I don't really know, you know, as I got older, I wasn't eating, uh, as I was eating well, but I wasn't eating the same um, as when I grew up, right? Like I didn't have the same, you know, we didn't have fresh fish and fresh venison and all of that uh, you know, happening all the time or mom, my mom's garden vegetables and things like that. So, but I always had a fairly well nourished diet on this topic. One of my daughters is expecting right now. She's at the end of her pregnancy and she's noticed a huge difference because her she's nourishing herself a lot better uh, she always had a healthy diet, but just just being more aware of what nourishment uh, mm. looks like for hormones that that she found this pregnancy to be uh, to be a much better, a much healthier pregnancy than yeah. her previous ones. Right. So there's really a lot to that, and I think I would point to um, there's a there's a podcast. There's
1: a podcast. What the heck is the name
0: of it now? There's one called Are You Menstrual? Is excellent. Yeah. Do you listen to that?
1: Uh, I've heard of it. I think I've listened to a few. I listened to so many podcasts. Are you talking about Fallon's Table? Is yes. that the
0: one?
1: Yeah. I don't know if it's weird. called Fallon's Table, but something along those lines where
0: right, Fallon's Table. And yeah. then the podcast was called Something Else. I'll try, I'll put it in the show notes. I'll look it up.
1: But in you show. interviewed her before.
0: Yes. And her,
1: yeah.
0: uh, the podcast that she ran, I think they're taking a hiatus currently, Mm -hmm. but that podcast is really amazing and covers a lot of different, I don't know if they've covered menopause, but it covers a lot of different topics.
1: Freely Um, rooted. Freely Freely
0: freely rooted. rooted. Yeah. Very good. Thank you. That are all to do with, with uh, sort of our hormones and, and baby having and all of that, Mm -hmm. which is, which is beautiful. It's really good. I've listened to probably 20 of the episodes. Mm -hmm. They're all fantastic. really worthwhile I actually mm-hmm. got my husband and there's one they interview a man and he's a Canadian guy actually and they interview him and it was really eye-opening so because most of it pertains to women about men's health right which I think was really valuable mm-hmm. um did you have any other thoughts or questions mm-hmm. that you would like to share with these guys before we wrap up yeah we've got a lot of territory <laughs> It's great, yeah. Thank you so much for bringing this to the table because I just think this is really valuable information and really valuable conversation to have. I I felt uh, maybe we can sort of end off with this. I felt really alone when I was having those really ambivalent feelings. I didn't feel like I had. I had one friend that I talked to, and and that w- that was really nice. She was kind of at the same phase as me. But the women that I knew that were older than me, when I sort of was seeking, I don't know, maybe consolation, uh, or advice about sort of what to do with these feelings, I felt like maybe because they were a, a slightly different generation than me, it was kind of like, we don't talk about that. Not that, not that the conversation got bluntly shut down or anything, but a kind of an unwillingness to, to go there and how, how those feelings might, uh, might look in, in this phase of life. And so I don't, I don't think we can shut that conversation down. I think in us, this generation needs to really be, uh, really be, uh, reaching out to the younger generation. You know, this is, yeah, this is normal. This is really healthy. Uh, and it is hard as well.
1: Yeah. like Parenting. Yeah.
0: Beautiful and hard. Like everything.
1: <laughs> everything worth doing. Yeah,
0: exactly everything worth doing. Oh my gosh. It's been so lovely to chat. Just thank you so much for bringing
1: this. Thank you for having me so much.
0: Uh, God bless you and have a wonderful afternoon. Likewise. Goodbye.